take charge of your leadership development. Join our How to Take the Lead Substack community for bonus materials, exclusive content, and discussions that will challenge and change the way you lead. Visit howtotakethelead.com to find out more. Mic drop. I know. <laughs> That's why I was really quiet. I'm like, don't ruin it. That was a brilliant ending. You're listening to How to Take the Lead with Lee Griffith and Carrie Ann Wade, two corporate colleagues turned business besties who question everything we've ever learned about leadership. What started with us putting the world to rights over a gin after work is now a weekly show challenging the myths and perceptions and exploring what leadership looks like in the modern day. We'll also be sharing our experiences and stories along the way. Visit howtotakethelead.com to find our show notes, subscribe to our email list for extra goodies, as well as catch up on previous episodes. And we're now on social media. Media, so get involved in the conversations by following us on Twitter or Instagram at How to Take the Lead. Well, you didn't think we were just going to sleek off into the sunset and leave you stranded, did you, at the end of Series 2? No, as usual, we are popping up for a little bonus, little cheeky mid-Christmas, pre-New Year bonus to kind of do... Are, are we like the Jules Holland of the podcast world, carry on? <laughs> Yeah, apart from we haven't recorded this one in like April, we genuinely have been quite close to Christmas. Yes, we are in, I think my watch is telling me, oh, it's minus four now. No, it's drop. I've just been, before we came on, I was just saying it's practically Dickensian around here and I've got no hot water. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling, feeling wintry vibes for sure. And I apologise because you're the first person I've spoken to today. So um, I've got that morning croaky voice thing. And I have tried to do, you know, in my very professional way, vocal warm-up exercises before we came on air. I love it. I've now got visions of you doing them. So I want to, I want to see them at some point. I feel like I, I've missed I, out. I'm, I'm, I'm partly saying that in jest, but there was a video that came up on my Insta feed when I was doing the doom scroll this morning. And um, it was telling you how to warm up your voice before you did a podcast. So I was like, oh, how apt. I really do feel like I need that today. I, I thought you were going to say you warmed your voice up by having to holler at the dog for doing something it wasn't supposed to in the garden. Oh, no. The dog is eating snow. That's his favourite oh. thing at the minute. It's like holding it like it's a snow cone and just chewing on a, on a snowball. Sweet. I love. I love it. Anyway. We thought we would pop on one last time for 2022 and do a bit of a roundup of the year, but also a bit of a look ahead to 2023 and try to make it a little bit practical um, so that you can use it as a chance to reflect and get ready for the new year as well. So we're freshly back. It's been a week, but I, I still feel fairly yeah, refreshed from it. Me too. We, Carrie Ann and I had a mini retreat last week where we had one day working on our own businesses, but using each other as a bit of sense checking, a bit of accountability, a bit of a, a bit of a cheerleader when we weren't yeah. like perhaps being generous enough to ourselves. Um, and then one day where we focused on how to take the lead and all the great things that we've you know we've celebrated where we've come from, and we've got some pretty darn exciting things that we want to do in 2023 of which I'm sure we'll talk about a bit later it's been super helpful I think certainly for me to take that time out and we normally have a check-in anyway don't we every call I mean we meet up monthly to do a bit of a co-working and how to take the lead working session and then every quarter we do a bit of a check-in on 
how we're progressing with the plans that we set each year because this little mini retreat I say it's an annual occurrence it's the second annual well we're we're calling it a tradition now it's definitely a tradition so um we you know we make sure that we take that time to reflect on where we're going but also get real I suppose with where we want to go and how we're going to do that and I don't think the concept of that type of planning is just limited to people who run their own businesses I think anyone in a leadership position needs that time to reflect to explore to plan and even to have a lot a bit of a play you know you need to have that creative time as a leader so that you can really um push yourself stay fresh make sure you're staying intentional to the things that matter to you and also to make sure you're not blindly carrying down a path where the results aren't what you you seek so that's kind of my view on why it's important and why we do it I don't know whether you've got any other thoughts on it Carrie-Anne no I absolutely agree it isn't just for business owners I think it's definitely something leaders should be doing and we've probably touched on it in other episodes about that importance of taking the time out to reflect and also to, to consider kind of your intentions going forward so I definitely think it's important for for leaders to build that in and in my day job with my deputy actually we book in every six weeks we call it a strategic planning day and we go off site and we meet together and we use that time to focus on Uh, sometimes it's team development sometimes it's kind of strategic goals for the future but just taking ourselves out of the day-to-day what meant to have that time to focus and it's it's really useful time for us for sure and I think as well um there's something for me about it doesn't have to be with other people and it doesn't have to be a whole day or a two days like we've done it could be a couple of hours but actually just making making that time and blocking it out maybe to to just be focused on developmental things the future reflecting on what's been working for you is really important and it's something through Um, the Thrive programme that I talk about with communication leaders as well around actually you know you do a 12-week programme and we do a whole session on intention setting um, but actually maybe you should think about how you build that into every three months every two months whatever that looks like for you Um, don't just do it as a one-off I think it's really important to keep doing that check-in to make sure you're on the right track but also you know do you need to flex do you need to adapt as a leader and do something differently I think that's really important because if you think back to, I mean, even just when I think back to my corporate days, you would, every year it would become this big arduous process where you would do your operational plan for the year or your strategic plan for the year. And it sometimes felt like you were putting your finger in the air and and guessing where you were going to get to because it wasn't necessarily based in reality. Or you do your big term strategies and it'd be for the next five years. And then obviously COVID struck and it's shown that you can't really do that long term planning in the way that you perhaps used to because you need to be more nimble. And that's why I love the the thought of, you know, whether it's six weeks, whether it's every quarter, but just taking that time out and doing. Yes, you can have an eye to the, the longer term future. But unless you make those shorter steps, you're never going to get there. So it's better to focus on what you need to do in the here and now with a view to the mid term rather than always looking to the unachievable long term. Yeah, I agree with you. And for me in that, there is that thing about 
what are the short-term steps you need to take to get there but also just that opportunity to go are they the right ones yeah because as you said like covid showed us that didn't it things can change dramatically very quickly and actually if you're just rigidly sticking to right well we've got our five-year strategy and once a year we're going to review our progress against it yeah that doesn't feel to me agile and it doesn't feel like as a leader you're responding to the needs of the people around you at that moment in time which might be very different from day one when you set the strategy yeah you need to be more more speedboat less like ocean liner love it all reference come from i don't know i don't know boats on the brain yeah So on our retreat, we did a bit of an exercise um, and I thought it might be helpful just to talk through some of the questions that we asked ourselves so that if listeners want to note those down as prompts and they can do as their own reflections. So we started with asking, I suppose starting with what's our why, why we do what we do. And we obviously did it from a business perspective, why we run our businesses, but I think that's a really important checkpoint as a leader. You know, why why am I doing? Why am I a leader? Why am I working in this organisation? What's my purpose? What's driving me? Is a really is it, the obvious first point, isn't it? Yeah, it's it, that bit about purpose. I think is really important, and I think checking in with yourself about your why actually at certain points might be quite helpful because it's okay for that to change. I think so for me it's like you you know you might have some fundamental things that you really believe in in terms of kind of what you strive for as a leader and they might not change and they're probably very based on your value set but actually it's okay to think oh you know now the thing that is really something I want to have impact and influence is something a bit different to what it was a year ago because as we've just been saying things around you change so doing that check-in on your why and your purpose for me, feels like a really important thing to do quite regularly as a leader, just so that actually then the actions that you're taking and the way that you're interacting with other people is aligned to what it is that you're all about as a leader. So we started with our why and then we went on to, well, what's the impact we want to make? Because it is, we are in in all different guises of the way we run our business or we lead, we are there to serve others it's not necessarily obviously there's things that we do that we want to achieve for ourselves and for our families and and all of that but the impact you want to make I think is always a really important thing around how are you going to serve other people so that was our second those anchor for for the rest of the conversations because we wanted to make sure that everything that we discussed everything that we do in our businesses as we do in a collaborative way um feeds that purpose and impact that we want to have and then we did an exercise where we looked at what we would need to do more of in order to close the gap so to make that impact really happen and often you can overlook because it can feel a bit grandiose this impact I want and you don't necessarily look in the here and now of what might need to change to make that happen yeah I think the bit that I that was really helpful I think for me around that impact point was also that challenge and that um kind of identification of evidence that you are or aren't having that impact so actually you know it's all well and good for me in my business to want to have an impact around creating communications leaders for the future but 
actually, have I got any evidence that the things I'm delivering in my business and the way that I'm leading that is having that impact? So for me, that was an important part of that conversation, both in terms of what steps do I need to take to have that impact and and what is the impact that I am actually having and and does that align with what I want to do? So I think that's also quite important to, to think about where are you getting that feedback? Where are you getting that evidence that demonstrates the impact you are or possibly aren't having, which will help you to identify what those next steps are. Yeah, and we, if I remember us having, I suppose we challenged each other, didn't we, in in our conversations uh, on the retreat where we had limiting beliefs or things that we would say didn't go so well or things that we thought were a barrier and we would challenge the other person to go, well, where's your evidence to say that's true? And actually... Nine times out of ten, we didn't really actually have the evidence. It was just some internal self-talk. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And having having said at the start, you can make this time as a leader to to do this by yourself, which you absolutely can. There are bits of this you can test out with your trusted network for sure, because you're you're right. Some of that limiting self-belief that you might have, or the story that you tell yourself, might be very different from what's happening in reality, and and based you know, on your, on the things that your own experiences and the things that might be holding you back, but actually externally, people might not be seeing that at all and be going, yes, you are having a really positive impact because remember when X happened. Um, so I think if there are bits of it that you can feel comfortable testing out with other people as a leader, with your trusted network and peers, then, de- then definitely do that. Or with your coach, you know, I found it very helpfully because I felt like you coached me through quite a lot and I probably, you're probably going to send me an invoice for the mini retreat for how much coaching you had to do with me but but that was also quite helpful to to kind of have those questions posed to you to make you really think by someone else who might give you a bit of that challenge rather than you just asking yourself and then going yeah I'm just not very good at that or I you know I don't think I have had an impact because and then actually that further conversation helps you to see that that the external story and perception is quite different. And then we we moved on to a bit of what we want to achieve by the end of the year. So for us, we looked at what we wanted um, our businesses to be doing by the end of the year. For, for anyone listening in a leadership position, it could be what do I want my team to be doing or what do I want my organisation to be doing by the end of the year? What do I want to have achieved by the end of the year? Um, and it wasn't just the what I want to but we also put that I would love to so some of that really ambitious stuff started to come out then the the big thinking there oh if only I could and actually I found when I started to note some of that down I was like right now actually I've I've put this down on paper how am I going to make that happen I can't just say this so it became more real writing it down yeah I I agree with you on that one definitely it that setting your intentions in your head is one thing but actually having the ability to kind of work through how how could I actually do this makes it feel more real and more achievable and even the scary bits when you have had a big lofty kind of goal or a massive light bulb moment which you weren't expecting to have just it just feels exciting to get Mm. it down on paper and start working out how how do I get from here to there I think as well some of that creativity is um hugely important because you sometimes don't have the opportunity to be so creative and to to say things out loud that might feel a bit silly in your head like I'd really like to do this and then you sort of go I would actually yeah I would and now I've said it out loud 
I'm going to write it down. Now I've written it down, I'm going to write some actions and it just starts to become more than an aspiration, which I think is really nice. Yeah. And I think for me, that's the difference between the, I want to, which can be maybe some of the transactional stuff that your business might do, some of the routine stuff that you might deliver in your organization or in your team, that that feels like a continuation of the norm. Whereas the, I'd love to, is the, this is where I'm going to get the fire in my belly. Yeah, it's the passion bit, isn't it? Mm. And the excitement of exploring something that perhaps you haven't quite understood was it was in there before as something that you want to achieve. So yeah, I think it does take it from the operational, just how do we get from A to B in our strategy to actually what is it that I'm going to be really passionate and excited about delivering that will have an impact because it all goes back to the questions that we answered and asked ourselves previously. And then obviously as the ever practical planner that I am, I then got us to whittle it all down into three intentions for the year. So not smart goals or anything like that, but more, although you took it to a smart goal immediately, whereas I... Which is very weird for me because normally I'm the big idea, I've got this amazing idea and then no idea how to make it happen. And um, I, yeah, I think you might have rubbed off on me a little bit, Leah, if I'm honest. All this this collaborating and co-working is finally having an impact. So we break we break it all down to what are three intentions. So everything that we were gonna plan for for the year needs to easily sit under one of those intentions. And that becomes almost your red line then of does it fit under one of these intentions? Yes, no, no, then park it. Don't overwhelm yourself with other stuff that doesn't truly align with where you want to go. Now we've chosen three. You could go for more, five. I personally think that that's being a bit too um detailed and probably unrealistic but if you believe that that's what you can achieve then absolutely you can have as many intentions as you want but you do need to put it through a lens of testing yourself and so breaking it down into those quarterly goals where you do get a bit more smarter then suddenly you realize so I've got three intentions but I've actually got something like 15 goals spread out over the year that sit under those intentions. If I had five intentions, I mean, hell, I'd need to. <laughs> Your Trello board would be melting. <laughs> Could we stop, stop putting things on me? <laughs> I think the point about overwhelm is a really important one, though. And thinking back to a week ago where you did have to coach me off a ledge where my overwhelm got to me at, um at one point in the conversation, Lee, that that uh, comment you made about being generous to yourself and kind to yourself, I think is really important. So yeah, why would you go into this almost setting yourself up for the overwhelm? There will obviously be times in your leadership career and journey where you will be overwhelmed and things will all feel too much and feel challenging. But by doing an exercise like we've done, I think, you know, that does really help you to break it down and try as much as possible to avoid that overwhelm when you're thinking about where you want to be in in a year's time and what you want to achieve. So what were your, I suppose, going through that whole exercise and we've touched on a few things that that occurred to us as we were doing it, but was there any big things that it threw up for you, Carrie-Anne? 
I think the impact piece, it definitely came up for me. And, um, you know, we talked about, uh, we did this for how to take the lead as well as our, you know, our own selves personally. And it's just about how can I continue to have a positive impact for people? And part of that has to be about asking and understanding what people mm. need to help them. Um, so for me, that definitely came up for my own business, for my team in my day job um, and uh, for how to take the lead for sure. There was something for me as well around taking my own advice and to continue working on my boundaries. <laughs> so trying to juggle the role I do every day in, in the NHS and my own business and being part of the how to take the lead collaboration and then everything else that life throws at you can sometimes feel a bit much. Um, yeah. So there was lots of conversation and lots of thoughts provoked for me that have continued since we had that that mini retreat around how can I get better at managing my own boundaries? And you've already been my accountability buddy once this week on exactly that, which has been really helpful. Um, so that definitely feels like it's something that's important for me. But through doing the mini retreat exercise, I've realized that from a career and a, and a work point of view, you know, my NHS directorship, my business focused on supporting communicators and then how to take the lead focused on leadership. They actually all really nicely align. Mm -hmm. And it's probably been a while since I felt that with other things that, you know, I've been spending my time and energy doing. So going forward into the next year, it feels like for me, those three things are really well aligned, which makes me feel like I'm going to start the year, you know, in a really positive frame of mind. And then I would say the only other thing that I've been reflecting on since our mini retreat and also since an episode that we recorded for the podcast is around that psychological safety thing and mm -hmm. there's just been something that's been kind of niggling me about how well am I supporting my own team in my day job to feel psychologically safe and I think some of the things that I've reflected on is the fact that we all work virtually the majority of the time does that make it more difficult to create that sense of psychological safety? What are the impacts of my own behaviours on creating that psychologically safe space as a team? But also that balance between people's well-being and the psychological safety of the team and the team performance and how you start mm. to create alongside that psychological safety and being really focused on people's uh, personal well-being that sense of accountability so yeah. it's been a lot going through my head in the last weekly I have to yeah, say no. but all in a good way taking me to where I need to be I hope as a leader so how about yeah. you well look, I think the I suppose the enlightening and reassuring moment was that understanding that I have got that complete alignment like you talk about between the things that I'm really passionate about and the businesses that I've developed and um, yeah, some of this has grown and evolved over the last two years, but I feel I'm in a place now where I'm totally focused on doing, serving the people that I want to serve and working on the things that really I think are in my zone of genius, but also bring that joy to me and I really enjoy getting involved and seeing people grow and develop in, in that area so I'm yeah like you just liking the synergy and alignment between everything uh, I absolutely underestimated how much I'd achieved in the years so that yes, was you did 
going going back to that point about having someone else that can be a bit of a check and challenge for you was was really helpful um and i realized i suppose that for me i you know i love to plan but for all the planning i do i do need to be a bit more ruthless around what i need to do um and i've recently finished reading Atomic Habits by James Clear and there was a quote that he was well it's just a sentence I've taken it as a quote because it really resonated (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it was it's easy to be in motion and convince yourself that you're still making progress I thought that's so true you can get so caught up in planning and doing the detail and then you but you're actually not going any further forward because you're not either not doing the things that are going to move the dial in the right direction or you're so caught in planning mode you're not you're not actually doing the execution of of the plan and so that was a bit of a moment that I need to be more ruthless with myself. Wowzers that feels quite profound and actually, I hear that a lot in, in conversations about leadership, about, you know, progressing teams forward. Are we doing the things that actually, cre- you know, create the outcomes we're trying to create? Or are we just going through the motions of doing stuff that we've always done that actually, as you say, is not moving us forward? So I think really good learning point as a leader, actually. And if you can be clear on your purpose, clear on your intentions, um, that should really help you with, yeah. go- with checking back and going, actually, if I'm spending two-thirds of a day a week doing x how is that progressing me towards my goal and if it isn't why am I doing it and there will always be won't there the things that you sort of have to do particularly if you work in a an organization where potentially there's a bit of bureaucracy or you know really strong theme around governance that there'll always be the meetings that you have to go to even if because that's part of having that role or that title for example but I do think there is always an opportunity and ruthless I like ruthless in a positive way because it sounds like it should have negative connotations but actually being a bit more ruthless about where you're putting your time and energy to actually achieve things feels like a really good thing to do if you're enjoying this episode of how to take the lead please hit subscribe and go and leave a review or rating We'd also love to hear your stories and thoughts on today's topic. Please DM us at How to Take the Lead on Instagram or Twitter, or tag us into your socials using the hashtag How to Take the Lead. So, looking more broadly to the leadership world, what have your reflections of 2022 been? Has it been a good year for leaders? I'm taking a deep breath here. <laughs> so, I could go with it's been a mixed bag. Um, oh my god, that is literally the word that I had. <laughs> Was it really? That's the disc. It's been. I've written it down as well. It's been a mixed bag on the leadership front in 2022. So I'll try and keep this brief and concise. But where my head is at with leadership in 2022 is politically absolute bleak Pissed show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's going straight in. Absolute shit show which I think probably can just be summed up, all of that, because there's been so much in there and I don't want us to do an episode on on political leadership again because we veer <laughs> into that quite a lot in other episodes. But, you know, I think it can be summed up by Matt Hancock thinking it was a good idea to go and I'm a celebrity and that's all I'm going to say about it. I've been very disappointed by the lack of integrity that many leaders in the public eye have demonstrated for sure. But, On the positive side, my personal experience has been I've seen 
lots of really great examples of good leadership in local communities, in small businesses, with Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs. But also what I've been really pleased about is that I've also seen a younger generation of leaders really starting to do it their own way. And I think that's maybe in a kind of pushback to what we're seeing yeah, on that bigger stage. So I- I'm going to stop there because, yeah, I'm going to let you have your say, Lee. Well, th- to be honest, I think you've literally picked every word. I think we'd be good on a show of like Mr. and Mrs. or something <laughs> where you've got to predict what the other person is. Better than we would say. be with our own partners, probably. Because <laughs> that, I mean, you've summarised where, where my views were. I do think that there's been some poor leadership demonstrated but in a very old school, traditional, you know, even if you look at, yes, we've talked about the political, but P&O, Elon Musk or Twitter, all the big companies, old fashioned views, all of that kind of stuff still out there, which is really disappointing. And I have been um, upset and angered by the recurrent issues with people's outdated views, with outdated attitudes, with stereotypes, racism, sexism, all of that. I just think it's still far too loud and prevalent out there. And there's been some really big examples this year of stuff coming to the fore. And I I suppose there's just been weasel words that organisations have said where they've said they've supported X cause and then they haven't they haven't necessarily demonstrated that when it's come down to it or their own personal practices in their organisation don't um, match the aspirations that they set out to. So that I've, I've, you know, I still think that's a fight we all need to continue to fight as we, we look to next year. But but again, I've, I feel positive. I feel more aware. Maybe it's one of those things about once you've brought awareness to something you see it everywhere isn't it (laughs) um but I've definitely seen more people taking a stand showing that there's another way so I have I have got hope that that will grow and continue um but you know there's a few things that worry me that the narrative particularly around women in leadership worries me the the fact that the recent evidence around women leaders don't seem as trusted in organisations. That That is not a great place to be at the end of 2022 for all the stuff that's, that we've been trying to fight for and go for. The fact that there's been a legal change recently or, or the announcements around flexible working in organisations, which is a really positive move forward. But then you've got pale male stale leaders of organisations still bashing on about needing a nine-to-five model, not wanting flexible working, not wanting hybrid working, all of that. So a mixed bag. Yeah. <laughs> so not to go all Miss World on you, but <laughs> what, what, oh, would your God, wish... what are you going to ask me to do? <laughs> what would your wish for 2023 be from a leadership perspective? My wish for 2023 <laughs> is for, um, I'm not going to say world peace, although wouldn't that be lovely? Um leaders to act with more integrity Mm. and to take the time to truly try to understand what other people they are leading need from them that's that's my wish for leaders in I wish the listeners could see Lee's reaction to this 
Um, that is my wish for 2022. And personally, for me... 23, you mean? 2023. 2023. got them a year behind myself. 2023. That's my wish. And personally, for me, it's to keep being focused on my boundary setting and to role model good boundary setting to others as a leader. Okay. So, like, you've read my wife. I, I, I was held... I had my head in my hands when she started talking. Not because I didn't, like... Because she's like, like oh my God, what's she saying? But for me, my wish is around leaders to be stepping up and thinking about the impact they're making, really understanding their purpose and that connection with their staff, their customers, their stakeholders. But doing that on a really human level, that's kind of where I want to get to next year and people having more of those conversations. Uh, So on the flip side, what do you hope it's firmly left in 2022 do you want to go first in case i get the reaction again like just saying everything i was gonna say mixed bag asking people how they want to be okay i'll go first uh so this is this might seem really random but i'm totally over motivational quotes i'm really over the random because that is not what i was expecting you to say (laughs) I'm really over like motivational quotes. I'm over the gurus who keep getting put up in a pencil. I'm like bored of the Simon C- Sinex of the world and the Mel Robbins and all of that. Everyone just keeps putting them up on this pedestal and I'm just a bit tired of it all. I'm tired of toxic positivity and I really can, you know, the cliques that I see in the online and in real life world can just do one for me. So there's just something like, I just feel, I feel overwhelmed by all of that. And this year just feels, has felt a lot with every, and it, every time I see it now, it just gets me in a place of where's the practicality in it. Toxic positivity. That's something I'd like us to talk about in the future. But anyhow, um, I would like to leave behind ego-driven leaders who are only in it for themselves. And you mentioned, um, you know, we all have our own personal goals. We all have our lives outside of being a leader um, and things that we want to achieve and people that we care for and, and want to look after. So there's always going to be an element in whatever you do of, of wanting to do something for you. But leaders who are clearly only in it to just further their own ego, they can do one for me in 2023. Yes, I'm, I'm completely with you on the ego thing. But I think that's almost also where I'm with with some of these guru people because I do think that it's it's become very ego-driven now and I'm not sure the value adds that, that they're giving to people. So what's next for you, Carrie-Anne, with Cat's Pyjamas for 2023? What's next for Cat's Pyjamas for 2023? Well, I am on a mission to create communications leaders of the future for sure. So there are going to be more Thrive programmes, one starting at the end of January. So if there are any comms professionals listening um, to this podcast when it goes out who want in on that, visit the website, get the deets, all of that kind of stuff. So I'm really excited about that. That will be the fourth Thrive program and I want to run a couple of those next year definitely there might be a bit of podcast action happening Mm. there might be Lee's got more of the uh, intel on that but I'm just yeah just planting the seed because like you I'm like if you say it out loud you have to do it so that's quite exciting um so yeah more of just building on what I've done this year in the business 
um, supporting communications professionals to really grow and thrive and thinking about how I can use my skills and experience. And I loved you talking about your zone of genius earlier, Lee, to have an impact for other people who work in communications. What's going to happen in 2023 with Sunday Skies, Lee? Wow. Um, so for me, a bit like you, just really doubling down on, on what I want to focus on. So for me, that's how leaders can make an impact. And I I suppose I've zoned in on three particular areas. So how do leaders connect through their vision and strategy? How do they communicate confidently? And then how do they personally set themselves up for success? So next year, I'm going to be doing a lot more around those three topics in particular. I've got some training planned early next year around helping people determine what their leadership brand is. I've got some freebies around comms planning and getting organised both things I absolutely love. So I've got some nice new shiny magpie things to come. <laughs> and yes, I, I've also been perhaps toying with a little podcast idea as well. Not, But that doesn't mean that there is, will be no how to take the lead. So we absolutely have got big plans next year for how to take the lead. Definitely more series will be coming. Definitely more series. And without letting any cats out of bags, uh, I think we're going beyond podcasting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just going to leave it at that. Is that intriguing yeah. enough to keep people hooked? I think I think without, as you say, not not giving too much away, but we've been really digging into looking at some related projects so that listeners can get even more involved and get our advice and guidance to help them in their leadership journeys. So we've got a few pots on the boil. Is that the phrase? Yeah, <laughs> is it? yeah, it is. But you just, I love the way that you start everything <laughs> as if it's not going to be right. It's like just the way the tone of your voice changes makes me laugh. But we have got a few pots on the boil. Okay, that's good. <laughs> But as ever, we would love for you to let us know what you'd like to see, both in terms of what you'd like us to cover in future series of the podcast, but also more broadly, how can we help you? How do you want to get involved with the How to Take the Lead thing? So as ever, just just hit us up either personally on social or through our How to Take the Lead accounts. We'd love to hear from you. Final thoughts as we wrap up this mega bonus episode. Mega bonus episode. Honestly, what a year 2022 has been. And from a how to take the lead perspective, just a massive thank you to you, Lee, for believing in what we're doing, for uh, putting up with me and some of the weirdness that I bring to this collaboration. <laughs> well, right back at you. <laughs> Um, and I'm really looking forward to collaborating further with you next year. There are some properly exciting things to come. So, um, yeah, I hope people stay tuned and continue to engage with us. And just a massive thank you to everyone who's listened and helped us to make this podcast an actual real thing that is yeah. having an impact for people. Yeah, I echo super grateful for all the support this series and in series one I can't believe we've done two series in this year everyone who's listened everyone who shared their reflections who've helped to promote the podcast we really really appreciate your input and support and then I think it's like my final thought for the recording is 
as leaders, I think we just need to remind ourselves to double down on the things that matter, tune out the noise, tune out the bluster, remember our purpose, stay true to our values, because that's what we, our staff, our communities deserve. Mic drop. I know. <laughs> that's why I was really quiet. I'm like, don't ruin it. That was a brilliant ending. <laughs> so until 2023, farewell. Happy New Year. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you're the first to receive new episodes when they drop every Thursday. If you enjoyed the show, please rate it or leave a review. Visit housetakethelead.com for all the info from today's show to catch up on previous episodes and to sign up to our mailing list. And we'd love to know your thoughts and experiences on the topics we cover. Follow us at How to Take the Lead on Instagram and Twitter to get involved in the conversation. So until next week, get out there and take the lead. Yeah.